0: Take a time machine back to before the world went to hell. Around the year 2000. The 80s and 90s were so rad.
1: The movies, the music, the TV, the games. That's what I want to talk about.
0: Like and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. And continue the conversation on Facebook and Instagram. And if you're cool enough, join the show on Patreon for exclusive bonus content. And now... Less Than 2,000 with Adam Wince and Chad Bischoff.
1: Less Than 2,000. Now part of the HyperX Podcast Network. This is a true story of three strangers picked to talk about a show and have their conversation taped to find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. The real world. Yeah. Today,
0: we have Abby Witherby with us. She is a wonderful mother and a school teacher. She makes an honest living, unlike myself, very much unlike myself, and very much unlike Adam. So, (laughs) hey, you know, (laughs) Um, she's also uh, my one of my wife's besties and my wife who does not listen to the show, Abby listens to the show. She wanted to be on the show. She is a listener. This is why my wife is not on and you are. We were (laughs) sitting around one, one night, uh, you know, I think we were having a beer, watching some sports at a Mm -hmm. sports bar. And, and my, and we were talking about being on the show. And my wife's like, well, I want to be on the show. And I said, no, you can, you can say this, right, Abby? I said no to my
2: wife. (laughs) Well, if she doesn't listen, she doesn't deserve to be here.
0: And she sure as hell doesn't deserve to get very real with us talking about real world today. That is for yes. sure. So thank you for being here.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: This this show was a, a, a just a pioneering show as far as reality television. I think it was probably the first reality show I ever watched, starting in the early nineties.
2: Yeah, I believe it was one of the first ever reality TV shows, and it like has just like snowballed since then. Um, So I find it super fascinating. Um, I think like the characters that they picked in the beginning or the real people that they picked in the beginning came from super diverse backgrounds. Oh, no, they were Um,
0: characters. They were
2: characters. (laughs) Well, I feel like, yeah, because a lot of them wanted to like become famous. Mm
0: -hmm. And
2: so that was like their outlet, like let me get on TV and then I'll make a name for myself. And then where will it go from there? So, and then, yeah, I feel like definitely some characters well
0: yeah well that that was nothing was more evident than that in season one in New York because it was like all artists and then the one girl from Alabama (laughs) you know like it was like let's put a whole bunch of you know neurotic uh, 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 crazy fun artists into a room and then just bring
1: someone from the south and see what happens and
2: that's gonna be very different and have very different viewpoints
1: yeah I feel like her heart was in the right place. She was just very naive and she would say something. I very vividly remember. She said to someone, is that a pager? Are you a drug dealer? (laughs) Yeah. It was like the first episode. It was like, that was the meeting. (laughs) Like that was
0: right after they met or something. (laughs) Great introduction.
2: (laughs) But I feel like it opened up so many conversations, too, because like prior to that, we again, I feel like we could all relate to the small town girl just coming from Nebraska. And it did it like exposed so many different like taboo and hot button issues that before that, because there was not YouTube and TikTok and all of that stuff to like really see the world. This was really like our first exposure of like seeing people come together and then like, yeah, you relate to one person and kind of have those same viewpoints. And then you get opened up to it while watching it with them living the experience.
0: And the guy, that was one thing that MTV did good at, and especially in the nineties was like, they, they really did push young people to kind of open their minds and realize that the world doesn't center around them, that there is, there are other people and there's other people with different philosophies and ideas and all that. I feel like then once MTV had success from that, I will say, I think they tried to force it too much, (laughs) you know, and, and, you know, at a certain point it backfires, but I think MTV
1: was great at that. The, 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 I, it being from a small town, a very homogenous town, it, it, it did for us what it did for Julie in real life. And I didn't know anybody like Kevin back then. Kevin was the, like, poet, uh, and, and writer and really sort of proud of his, of his culture and a strong black man. And, you know, he didn't take too kindly to being like, Oh, a black man with a pager has got to be a drug dealer thing. But again, it wasn't from a place of, of meanness. It was a, a, she's just a naive person. And I mean, that's what everybody said. That's why I wasn't allowed to have a pager. My parents are like, only doctors and drug dealers have that. And to this day, the only person I knew in my circle of friends that had a pager was Chad. <laughs> okay. What's funny is your parents were the parents that, that literally bought you almost
0: anything. Mm-hmm. And, and my parents were highly, highly restrictive with what I got to do. But I got the pager. <laughs> That's weird. How many drug deals <laughs> if you did really you do? you really think
2: about it. Yeah. What were you doing with that pager, Chad? <laughs> no
0: comment. No <laughs> comment. I don't talk about my drug deals on this show.
1: <laughs> he doesn't talk about looks or dr- his drug dealing past.
0: <laughs> yeah. <best>. yeah. <laughs> season one seemed very tame, from what I remember. The rest of them being, yeah. Well, and and, and I guess it's it's because it's the first. This notion that that season twenty eight is real is complete phony bullshit because. The minute you see what you're doing, you can prepare your own character for the show. And I've, you know, I actually auditioned for The Real World, like season nine or something like that. I didn't get it. I was clearly way too put together to be on that show. (laughs) Um, But what's interesting is I've seen the casting stuff that goes out. Um, not for real world, but for other shows, it'll be like, hey, we're looking for a, a family of four who just lost their farmhouse in Iowa and because it burnt down. And one of their kids has cerebral palsy. And, and they'll, they'll literally send out, I'm looking for this exact thing. And then you have to go find it. And then they put them on the show. And that's no different. I mean, people know what real world is. So season one, I was really glad I went back and watched it because there was so much of it that I loved that completely goes out the window from season two on because everything starts to be more about hooking up and being crazier and, you know, yeah, every I story like, is topping each other.
2: Yes. And I would agree. I would say season one and two are a little more like real. But when you get to season three in San Francisco with Puck, Drama. who was like out to just cause drama. And he wanted, he like projected himself as a character. And I feel like at that point, that's when people took it to like this character type Mm -hmm. situation where, yeah, season one, season two were a little more like genuine, um,
1: it stopped being real. Yeah. I was going to say <laughs> season one feels the most real where they're just kind of different people, not necessarily putting it on. Maybe they had aspirations of fame, but they, they weren't, they, they hadn't figured out reality TV yet. That reality TV isn't actually reality TV. It's all played Correct. up. I know Omarosa, when she was on um, the show with the washed up celebrities, like they caught her on tape, <laughs> that it was all an act. Everything, she, like she mastered uh, reality television because... They knew people wanted drama and she brought it and yep. she would force conflict even if there was none. But season one was tame and, and interesting, but it seemed more real.
2: Yeah, I do think it was just like hardworking people kind of out there too. Like an aspiring writer, an aspiring rapper, and all of that stuff, an aspiring model. So, like, how can they use this platform to benefit themselves in the world of fame? And then, so it was more genuine, and they were meeting people and having hard conversations and things like that um, back then. And then, yeah, it kind of became just like a shit show where it's just drama filled. And I still love it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you haven't you haven't turned your back on it? See, I no. Yeah, I um, I I actually really, really, really do not like what MTV did to television. <laughs> In my heart, real world is what what pained me later on. When when producers started realizing, wait a minute, you mean I don't have to pay talent, and I can I can have a show that actually still makes tons of money. I mean it it everybody tried copying this 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 model and people got away with doing it for dirt cheap and making tons just buckets of money for a very long time and it destroyed television yes. like less sitcoms are made less less produced good art is was made for a good 20 years until streaming like still, came though. around yeah well but until yes, streaming yeah streaming came no, along I agree, yeah. and and now over the last 5 6 years Adam wouldn't know this, but good shows have made it back on, you know, through the streaming platforms and on
2: television, you know? Well, I'm still watching my reality TV, like my Jersey Shore and my big brother and teen mom. So I love what MTV did for TV because I still watch it today.
1: Any any more on season one before we move on to season two, which I think was the best.
2: Yeah, I like I said, I feel like season one is probably the one I know least. And like looking back, I was so young. Mm-hmm. I was nine years old at that time. So it was hard to relate to any of it at that point. Um, Your parents let you watch this at nine? I know. That's what I don't get. <laughs> How do I know about this? How do I know? Right? You characters? were nine. <laughs> I know. And I don't think it was like late night. Where, I don't know. But yeah, I mean I know the characters and stuff or the people, um the real people. Uh but yeah, I don't know how I know it. But <laughs> season 2, I feel like I know that I watched it for sure. Yeah.
1: And and those those people felt like like friends or people you knew or you really got to know them and they were I feel like it was more like they were casting for specific types you have Aaron, the surfer dude, but he's also like a hardcore Republican conservative.
2: Yeah, conservative, yeah.
1: <laughs> and, and, and you know, looks like a stoner surfer, but he goes to UCLA and he's like a hardworking student. You've got the, the cowboy dude. Um, John. John, oh my God, mm-hmm. who always wears the hat. Cowboy hat. And, mm-hmm. and that was a precursor to road r- rules because the first couple episodes, it was him... And a couple other people driving to LA. And
2: they're like R V thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a yeah. great way to start yeah. the show. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and he was a virgin, which was a huge thing, and to like expose that and learning about it in the homecoming, uh, he still is a virgin. <laughs> no. What? Yeah. yeah. Yes.
0: I mean, approaching 50 in A Virgin?
2: Mm-hmm. That's... He has his beliefs, Chad.
1: SequelCast2 and Friends looks at movies and video games in franchises, one movie and game at a time. Hosted by Matt Bradley-Shergie, Thrasher, and Alex Miller have been going since 2009, and were part of the HyperX Podcast Network. The Hardcore Gaming 101 podcast is on a mission to rank the top games of all time. I like the idea that when Bruce Wayne gets angry, he switches to the Batman voice. Why do you have such a problem making boomerangs jib like a bat? You mean like
0: Batman? Not like Batman, just make it for me, Bruce Wayne. <laughs> I can't even with this guy.
1: It's a Herculean task, and I'd be lying if I said it hasn't taken a toll on our cognitive faculties. Most
0: people would be happy to have a job during a global pandemic. Guinness! <laughs>
1: Hardcore Gaming 101, twice a week, every week, right here on the HyperX Podcast Network. Make room for huge plays with the HyperX Alloy Origin 65 mechanical gaming keyboard and the Pulsefire Haste wireless mouse. The Alloy Origin 65 has a functionally compact form factor, keeping the arrow keys while ditching the numpad and the F keys. The Pulsefire Haste is the lightest wireless mouse from HyperX, featuring a robust connection and the precision you need to click heads the LA Origin 65, and Pulsefire Haste Wireless. A terrific twosome to keep your setup clean and clutter-free. What do you think about, was it Kevin getting kicked out of the house for, okay, I'm really interested in, in dissecting this in, 20, in in 2022, because this was 93 when this came out. And, and I, this is real, aside from John being a virgin, this is the part that really stands out in my mind. Kevin, the stand-up comedian was, I don't know how it started, but, uh, one of the girls was in her underwear under her covers and he pulled the covers off of her or was trying to, and she was holding on to it. And he was like dragging her down the hallway and she was holding on for dear life. Like, no, stop, no, stop. And, and later they, I mean, they, they threw out the R word. They said it was akin to the R word. And there was like two episodes where they were like, Kevin's got to go. So touchy subject, Abby. What do you think about it? What do you, do you think about it then? What do you think about it now?
2: Um, so like, re- watching that and seeing those scenes. And then again, like, cause I've watched the homecoming of them coming back together and they talked about it on homecoming. Um, it's hard because they were all laughing while it was happening it was like stop stop but like i think we've also learned that like no means no and if she's saying stop it doesn't matter if she's laughing and like beth one of the other ones who i think liked to cause a lot of drama on that season there were two beths but like one came a little bit later um she was like laughing and participating john was kind of laughing and participating and then it was like when she went then in the bathroom and was like, wait, like I really have nothing on and I need clothes. I think that's when it maybe it like clicked with her of like, okay, that wasn't okay. What just happened? But like, it's so hard because while it was happening, they're all laughing. And it was like, they were literally just like friends effing with each other.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: So I, Yeah. I don't know. That's a hard it one. It is a hard one. I feel like I'd rather just say like, here's how I see it. And I don't have an opinion <laughs> on it because I don't, like, I didn't live it. I don't know. And yeah. I don't want to like devalue anyone's like feelings on Yeah. You it. can't
0: minimize somebody who went through something like that on television. Yeah.
2: She also, Tammy is her name. She, um, she was controversy in other ways too. Like she got an abortion while Mm -hmm. on the episode, she had her teeth wired shut um, because she wanted to lose weight. Wow. So, I mean, she had a lot kind of going on. And then I believe she went on to be like on basketball wives um, in more recent years um, that she's married to, I guess, an NBA player. And so she's kind of kept with, the reality tv but she had a lot going on that season that was very controversial in all different aspects so
1: anything else on season two before we move on to season three where talk about controversy and crazy personality clashes yeah i mean pedro and puck wow pedro was an openly gay man with aids Mm-hmm. Puck was a uh, soapbox derby guy, if I remember correctly, <laughs> and, and and just a bum.
2: Yeah, he was like a, a messenger. Like, I feel like he like delivered newspapers or something on his bike. Like, I think that was like his, he would bike everywhere too. And then just like, oh, his voice, I feel oh. like stands out so much. And then, yeah, he would just do anything to push anyone's buttons and that's where i feel like truly he is the one who moved it from like maybe having like an initiative of like moving your career to like he's just gonna go and piss some people off and cause um controversy so yeah he was
1: he 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 was a bicycle messenger and a soapbox derby enthusiast and 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 that (laughs) was (laughs) in snot rockets he would blow oh, snot rockets oh, in the house gross. and everywhere. The guy was disgusting. Oh. He got kicked out, right? They asked
2: him to leave? I believe they did ask him to leave, yes. Oh,
1: he was that'd be the worst roommate imaginable. This guy was so gross.
2: And he didn't give a crap. Like he could care less. Like he wanted to cause issues with people. And that's where it's, like, uh, you just, like, lose respect, like, right at that moment. Like, how can you take you seriously? And who would ever choose and want to live with someone like you? Like, yes, if I can remove that person from my life, I'm going to because you just are toxic
1: 1,000%. Yeah, it, this was 94. And uh, to have an openly gay man and have somebody with struggling with AIDS who, who died not terribly long after this. hmm uh, it was talk about being exposed to people we didn't encounter on a day to day basis. Yeah. Uh, Damn. and then his, I remember Judd was his g- really good friend and like had his back and would stand up for him ag- against Puck. And then, do you remember the first reunion they did after s- season four came out? They brought the first three casts back together mm. and. That was fireworks for season three because Judd was pissed. And and they brought Puck out, like he didn't come out with the main cast. They brought him out as like a surprise.
2: And he was, like, wearing, like, he was, like, in character. He was oh. wearing, like, this big, like, beard thing. And then he was yeah. just such an asshole and just, like, laying around and, like, you guys are just, like, bleh. And, yeah, because I believe Pedro had passed yes, at that time. Right. And, like, he had made, Puck had made some, like, contra- controversial comments, mm-hmm. like, uh, about Pedro. And, yeah, I think Judd just was, like, uh, like no, like not i
1: remember what judd said it was a very powerful moment of it seemed super real judd was like what did you say about pedro when he died what did you say about pedro when he died standing up and pointing at him he said you said good riddance everywhere imagine saying good riddance after somebody dies of dies of aids like that
2: that's whether you like the
1: person or not
2: yeah, no. And I do think like how like for Pedro to come on a TV show as an openly gay man back in the 90s, have AIDS and like you are literally putting yourself out there for everyone to have judgments and to um empathize to have any and all sorts of feelings like towards you and like how brave that had to be for him to do that and again like for me I feel like that show really exposed me like to all different sorts of people it opened conversations and so like no matter what your viewpoints are, I feel like you can at least say what came good from that was like really exposing things that were going on in the world that just were not exposed at the time.
1: Great take. That's a, that's a snap, yeah. s- snip that we're going to, you're going to highlight that. Cause that's a, that's a great,
0: I, I just used this new marker tool to, <laughs> to, to flag that spot. And uh, I think I think uh, she's going to have to get the smart point in on this one.
1: Yeah, yeah. Abby's smart point.
0: <laughs> That's great. We'll use the ch-ch-ch-chad smart point, but then it'll be Abby's comment. <laughs> smart point. Abby's really come alive and just really had some amazing stuff to say about the show. Way smarter than I could say about <laughs> a, a reality show.
2: Uh, See, so don't World. knock it. I, I'm not knocking <laughs> it. And way. I did go
0: back and watch you it. You said that MTV
2: was ruined after this. Well, it was. <laughs> <laughs> I can still say it. MTV
1: ruined television. I mean, it did for a long time. So 1995, season four, this is the last one I watched. I think Road Rules came out around this time. Um, and then it just came all watered down. And, and season four was known as the boring one. Because they basically got along and there was no, there was no, there was no maybe sexual assault or abortion or gay man with AIDS and somebody picking on, there was no puck. It was just kind of, I, I remember on that reunion show I keep referring to, they were, they were kind of giving some crap for, you guys are boring. You guys get along way too, too, too well. Um
0: I mean, do you think that do you think, do you think MTV freaked out? Do you have two seasons in a row with just massive controversy that they're like, maybe we should Tame try taming it down. it down just a bit. And then they overcorrected and it was just the boring season.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I... But then they've gone back to not boring because since then there's been all sorts of fights and controversy and stuff like that. And you said it was London. I feel like I do not... Like I remember Sydney, um, they did it in like St. Thomas and then obviously all over um, the States, but London is the one that I probably feel like I don't remember. It's because there's no controversy. There I guess, a, yeah. There was nothing to remember. Nothing to remember, really yeah. nothing to remember. Really nothing to
1: remember. There's I, I, I remember the, the American guy just the classic central casting American guy. His big thing was he couldn't find ranch dressing anywhere.
2: <laughs> That's a problem. <laughs> I mean, I like my ranch dressing. Yeah.
1: So. Abby would be, I mean, she would be
0: like tearing apart <laughs> yes. MFers if there was no yes. ranch. Yeah. He said,
1: ranch is my lifeblood. And they're all like, what is this ranch dressing you're referring to? It's like, they never heard of it. Yeah. And- <laughs> Walking up and down the aisle. But yeah, if that's like
2: a storyline, that's bad. Yeah,
1: yeah. (laughs) That's what I remember about season four.
0: Not having ranch as a (laughs) storyline, we've hit peak boring. (laughs)